today. HRV sent out a media release around 11 o'clock yesterday with the news that the CEO of Harness Racing Victoria, David Martin, has given notice of his resignation there as his role, of course, as the Chief Executive Officer. Now, David Martin joins us now on Green Lights On and RSN Central. Good afternoon to you, David. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. How are you going? Good, thank you. Why did you resign? I guess there's never any one reason uh, for these things. There's usually a combination of factors that sort of... It was, uh, each of us, it's time to hand over the reins. Oh, pardon the pun, but uh, I guess in, in this case, uh, you know, I thought we've, we've achieved uh, quite a bit over the last uh, two and three-quarter years or so, and it, uh, it was time for someone else to continue the, the journey on. When did you make up your mind to resign? Oh, I'm not sure the exact date or time on that one. I guess uh, I caught up with uh, Dale Monteith um, almost two weeks ago today. Is probably the timing when I caught up with Dale. I said, look, let's catch up for a coffee chat. And said, look, I think it's time. And uh, talked him through, I guess, uh, some of the reasoning behind that and suggested that uh, it was time to hand over and uh, I guess I'll look back at some of the things that we've achieved and talk through some of that and, and had a good chat. I mean, the board and I, and in particular Dale and I, have had a very good relationship throughout. And, uh, yeah, that's been a really pleasing part of the, the role. David, it's Dan here. Gareth's chomping at the bit to ask you a few more questions. But I thought uh, I'd ask you about the, your achievements, uh, the positive uh, two-and-a-half-year tenure that you were involved with Harness Race in Victoria for, and, and perhaps any regrets that you might have had throughout that time as well. Yeah, I guess in terms of achievements, uh, yeah, that depends on your perspective. I mean, some people in the industry would say securing and, and conducting the, the 2018 Inter Dominion for the Trotters and Pacers for the first time in Victoria in 10 years. I think that was a, a big milestone for us in, in HRV. And uh, people like yourself obviously had a key role to play in that and, and others such as uh, Hamish McLaughlin and Adam Hamilton, Mick Guerin in terms of the the shows that they uh, hosted with the Seven Network and 150,000 people across the country watching in and daily Herald Sun coverage and RSN coverage. And, you know, I think the, what we achieved through that was a, a fantastic uh, outcome. And it meant that, you know, the trainers in particular, uh, you know, I distinctly remember one trainer coming up to a board member and I and saying, look, thanks for, just, thanks for making us relevant again. It just meant so much to them to have that sort of coverage and, and recognition for the sport. So I guess I look at that one as a one that's a very visible one for a lot of people in the industry, but probably at a, at a personal level, knowing the poor financial state of uh, things when we when I joined. I'd say the way that the, the board and I have addressed that aspect of the industry, and that was pretty vital in, in avoiding far more severe outcomes for an industry that's already doing things pretty tough. Uh, when I joined, there was discussions around cutting race numbers, and uh, and that was a way to you know, cut spending on prize money and therefore improve the profitability. And we took a different tact. Uh, we implemented a range of initiatives that actually increased the race numbers to a five-year high, and that increased total wagering revenues and total prize money then to record levels as well. So you know, I think that sort of uh, initiative and, and uh, things that we put in place they, they combined to return the industry to profit for the last two years and, and instead of turning out what was forecast originally going to be $3 million losses and $5 million losses for the last two years, we, we've had uh, two years of uh, respectable but modest profits. Uh, um, I guess what, what could, you know, looking back, what could you do better, what could you do more? I, I, a real motivator for me, Dan, has been around uh, the people in the industry and, and seeing how tough they've been doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up in, 
some pretty tough times. My family didn't have a whole bunch when I grew up, and so I, I could see how tough people were doing it and could really empathise with that. And, you know, I, I, there's always more you wish you could do for the people across the industry. You, you, know, you wish you could put more money into to breeding and prize money, for example, would be too. David, do you leave this job feeling comfortable that you did a good job? Um, is, I, is the I'm sport a... in a better place now than when you started? In your heart of hearts? Yeah, I'm a pretty hard uh, assessor of my own performance, Gareth. So, uh, um, you know, I'll, it's definitely the industry would be in a far worse place if I hadn't have been a part of it and the team and the board and I hadn't done what we've done for the last uh, two and a half years. Um, and the reason for that and the, the main driver for that is really the, the joint venture funding model. And, and I, I guess I've, I don't want to bore everyone with this, but I think it's important to explain that in each state across Australia, there's a joint venture funding model with Chabcor and the, the, uh, each of the racing codes. And that's a way of distributing back the wagering revenue back to each code. And in New South Wales, harness racing, for example, is a very generous fixed price, uh, fixed percentage model that's in place for 99 years. So they're, they're, in, a, they're in a very good position and, and well done to those involved that helped put that in place. In uh, Victoria, for many years, there's been a hybrid model, a fixed or fixed variable uh, model. And uh, for many years prior to 2012, HRV had about 17% of the joint venture pie in Victoria. So quite a good share. And that was in place for many years. And so in 2012, a new agreement was struck. And that since then, we've seen our market share decline for six of the last seven years uh, following that. And it's now down to a, a substantially lower level than uh, that sort of 17% figure, which is where we were. And uh, even as early as 20, uh, April 2012, there were communications between HRV and Tabcor and the other code saying, hey, look, uh, this thing doesn't look right. We're not, we're, not, we're not seeing the numbers we want to see. And, and we were effectively the victim of unintended consequences here, was I think the wording used. And uh, unfortunately, that agreement reigns in place now, remains in place through to 2024. And so, you know, we, we've done some amazing things in the last two and a half years to really improve the wagering performance of our product. But has, has turnover decreased or increased since you took over? It's absolutely increased from when I joined, without, without doubt. And that, we publish those charts. Each in year? The, yes, for the, for the two years, for the two financial years just gone, we've managed to increase turnover year on year. Okay. And, and that's been published in the Harness Racer on our website, so we've done that. that being straight up with you, Gareth, and for all the listeners, the challenge that we face now is the point of consumption tax, which came in on the 1st of Jan. So um, what that means is that um, harness racing, as distinct from the other two codes, has been more severely affected by the wagering turnover as a result of the 1st of Jan. So the Why is that? Is that because uh, the, each of the wagering companies have increased their margins to basically offset the cost of the tax for them. So they've, they've increased their margins, their takeout rates effectively, and they've done that more so on harness than they have the other two codes. That's, that's clear in the data that we've got. Okay. That, that, that's then driven down turnover. And you can see it as of the 1st of Jan, the, the chart goes up and just goes steadily up for two years, almost uh, solid, uh, from January 2017 through to December last year. And that's the 1st of Jan this year at Flatlines, and then the last three or four months has been coming off. And so there's a real issue there for... Um, the harness codes across Australia, I suspect, but certainly in Victoria, we're seeing that downturn in uh, wagering turnover. The good news is, and the important news is, that as part of the negotiations when the point of consumption tax was being brought in, uh, there was a discussion about what sort of compensation should be put in place or what sort of funding mechanism would, for feeding some of that tax back to the racing codes would be put in place. 
Harness Racing uh, lobbied very hard to ensure the wording reflected that no code would be worse off, not just uh, racing codes collectively, but we kept arguing the wording individually and collectively. And that wording is part of that uh, approach now. So the government will, uh, as a responsibility, and we uh, HIV will need to hold them to that, to say uh, we are going to be financially worse off as a result of this point of consumption tax. That's uh, almost uh, undeniable from what I can see of the data so far. So HIV will need to be talking to the government to say, as you've been supporting us and you've done a great job with that in terms of some of the integrity funding and prize money and investment, those sort of areas the government's done a great job supporting HIV, it's going to need to continue to support Harness Racing Victoria through to 2024 and in particular in regards to this point of consumption tax. We're talking to outgoing CEO of HRV, David Martin. Dave, did you did you think you did a good enough job working with sponsors and also making sure that ownership grew in the sport of harness racing? Because you did get rid when you first started, correct me if I'm wrong, and I wasn't here when you took over the role as CEO, but you did make some splashes in the early part of your tenure as CEO by moving people on. Am I, am I right in saying that? When I joined, uh, I remember going to the December board meeting as an observer to the meeting. I actually started in January 2017, and at that December board meeting, there were three, I guess, there's a consultant that had been working with HIV for about six months prior and developed up three options, effectively, for reducing costs within HIV, given the poor financial state the industry was in. So HIV was on track to lose about $1.6 million that year and, and did so in that mm-hmm. uh, first six months after I joined. So it had to do something to pair back some costs. And so there were three options put forward. My job as the incoming CEO was to pick up that and implement uh, one of those options with the board's endorsement. So um, so there were some difficult decisions uh, made, and, and unfortunately that meant some people did leave our organisation at that point in time. Uh, that was an, an unfortunate but necessary part of the fact that the industry was not performing, so the governing body, if you like, was not performing in a financial sense as it needed to be. Um, so so in terms of your question, uh, and I'm, I, I've been honest about the fact that uh, I, I think breeding, ownership, and sponsorship, there's always areas that you look at and say, well, we could, we could have done a bit more, we'd like to do a bit better in those areas, uh, but there are some people who have worked very hard in, in those areas to improve our performance and that they worked very hard over a period of time. Uh, I guess one of the things we saw was that there were some arrangements in place for sponsors in some cases that weren't necessarily reflective of a, a true commercial arrangement that we needed to see in place for the, for the governing body. And okay. So we've, we've had to make some difficult changes in that area as well. Just a couple of questions before we let you go on, on Melton. First of all, that land development, when I... It's been going for a little while now. What's an update on that that land development there at Melton and will that be a big financial winner for harness racing? Yeah and kudos here to the uh, previous board and, and those that put this in place is that there's a substantial amount of land around uh, the Melton venue itself and uh, I guess the complication that arose was one that I don't think anyone could have foreseen which was uh, the, the the issue at Cranbourne where there was the landfill issue and therefore the consequent uh, buffer zones that were put around all other landfills across the state uh, thereafter. So we've been working uh, very hard over the last few years and certainly within my time to uh, reduce that buffer zone that's around the landfill and therefore give uh, Harness Racing Victoria the ability to to realise the value of that asset uh, to a, to, uh, a substantial degree. So that, that's that's uh, been significantly progressed, I have to say, in my time. And uh, there's another report coming to the board in the next little while.
uh, which will show the, the uh, advancement of that and, and I guess the future thinking as to where we're going with that. And I would imagine that, uh, you know, I think the, the chairman of the board's already flagged that uh, after the board meeting next week, he's intending to do a bit more of a general, broader industry update and maybe even come and have a chat to yourself, Gareth. And yeah. uh, that, that might be a good question to put to the chairman of the board at that point in time. David, is 25 clubs too many in this state? It's something that uh, you know I've really resisted is any uh, uh, desire to see the, the number of clubs reduce, um, and I, I don't think the government uh, is looking for that to occur either. Um, you know, I guess I've been one of the view that, given the, the way the joint venture works and the funding model works, we need to have as many races and horses uh, going around as we can. And that's been, I guess, one of the challenges we face with the, the model, is that you know the greyhounds are being able to run lots more races with lots more dogs, and and that's then uh, contributed to them taking market share over the last few years. So, so the last thing we would want to see is a, a further deterioration of uh, club numbers and therefore participation in the industry. So, you know, I, I'm one to say we, we want to keep uh, club numbers up. It may be that there are uh, some optimisation, if you like, in terms of where some of those meetings occur, and that's an ongoing dialogue that uh, you know, is conducted each year with each of the clubs. And I know Trots Clubs Victoria and, and Harness Racing Victoria have been working very closely on uh, looking forward to the year ahead and, and what changes might be achievable to, again, further in, improve our wagering profile. In 10 years' time, where do you see harness racing? I think what will happen in the next uh, certainly five years, we've got to see this current joint venture arrangement and get something uh, in place that provides a more sustainable revenue stream for the industry going forward. Uh, that's certainly got to occur. Uh, and, that, and that process has already started. And, and uh, Luke, who's uh, taking over as the acting uh, CEO, he's been heavily involved in that process to date. So I, I would envisage that uh, something will be put in place that should provide a, a a more sustainable funding revenue stream for uh, the industry going forward. And I think then over that uh, time frame as well, you will see that development of in some shape or form of that land around the venue. And that, that in turn will also uh, help uh, some investment back in the industry. Uh, I guess the other one that we've seen as a, a trend has been around where the stables are located and uh, having some sort of uh, regional stabilisation uh, stable, sta regional stables, if you like, at uh, you know, Cranbourne, Charlton, those sort of places where uh, training tracks and, and facilities can be put in place to provide entry points for new people wanting to come into the industry. David, I, I sense that it would be quite difficult to come on the day after on the radio station to be interviewed day after you've offered your resignation. So thank you for, for being able to do that. Not everyone would be in a, a mindset to do it. But as you're heading off, I guess the participants would, would like to know ask why it is that you might be leaving. You might want to answer that or there might be any other specific reason for it, but also to leave with any particular message that you might have to the industry. Um, I, I think I've touched on, I guess, a range of that, Dan. You know, there's uh, various things that we've achieved and various challenges that remain and, and you look at that and say, well, it's time for someone else to, to pick up those reins. And so... Um, in terms of the participants and, and uh, what they've to look forward to, I, I said I, I feel like we've worked uh, very hard within HRV to, to represent them and look after their best interests uh, and to, uh, to avert what would have otherwise been a far more serious situation uh, given those profit forecasts. So I, I think we've done uh, what we could within some very difficult circumstances and uh, the government, as I said, has been with us trying to support us through that and, and the government will need to continue to do so, I would say, over the next five years. 
Um, in terms of the, the legacy, you know, there's some fantastic people that uh, remain as part of Harness Racing Victoria and across the industry. And, uh, you know, Luke, who I touched on before, is the acting CEO. He's already implemented some, some really important changes in our approach to customer service. You've seen guys like uh, Stephen Bell and Andrew English, who's racing and marketing teams, have worked really collaboratively to implement the new rating system, which is uh, already showing positive results and signs. And, and that, that change is often difficult for the industry to accept, but uh, the benefits are very clear in the, the statistics around the reduced number of short price favourites and the reduced number of short price favourites winning and those sorts of things. And I guess one of the other legacies, I think, would be around uh, you know, things like Trot's vision. I think uh, Cody Winnell and the guys that have been heavily involved in that have done a, a great job to you know, put uh, our product in, in a, or produce and present our product in a way that people can engage with to a far greater degree um, because you know, the, the Sky Channel is uh, getting fuller and fuller. And so uh, Trot's Vision's provided a really good alternative for people to be able to have a good look at their product before and after races in particular. With some major stakeholders in this this industry of harness racing, David, how would you sum up your relationship with some of those stakeholders and, and some of the people you work within at Harness Racing Victoria? Yeah, there's always a, a mix of views. And I guess that's uh, when an industry or an organisation is doing doing it tough, um, then you know, uh, I guess the, the the lobbying or the the views become stronger, and uh, if uh, people feel that their their view isn't being heard um, or isn't being agreed with, then um, I guess that uh, can be frustrating at times for people. But we've tried to take a very balanced and very pragmatic uh, view of things. We've always listened. Uh, we haven't always agreed, and that's probably where you know at times uh, people will become frustrated because uh, sometimes the views are just diametrically opposed. Uh, so you, you can't satisfy uh, everyone, and uh, that's the old uh, saying, I guess, within management. You can't uh, satisfy everyone every day, um, but you, most of the people most of the time. Or I think uh, in terms of roles I've undertaken, uh, it's never been truer than uh, this industry, uh, to be honest, Gareth. Uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, there's a mixture of those. I think the relationships and the culture within HRV certainly went to a tough time early on with some of those cultural changes, some of the uh, structural changes we had to make. But, you know, even in the last 48 hours, I've had feedback from a number of staff saying, you know, it's great what's happened here and the changes that have been made and and the people that we've been brought in and how they're working together. And uh, so that collaboration that I see between racing and marketing, for example, around that rating system, that's really positive stuff. And that's uh, that's what you want to see within an organisation. Okay, David, best of luck with your future endeavours and we appreciate your time here on the Bell Lap here. Um, well, green light on. Sorry, the Bell Lap was my last show in Perth. How dare I? Dan's just about to whack me here. Best of luck with whatever um, happens to you in the future. Thanks for and joining And thanks us. for coming on this morning. It must have been a tough day. Thanks, Dave. No, great. Thanks, guys. There's David Cheers. Martin, the CEO of Harness Racing Victoria. Now, we could have talked to David all 